Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us once again. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with none other than Rick Maynard. Before we dive into that, thank you as always for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So listen, Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you can find a podcast, you can most likely and probably will find the Grace Point Daily Podcast. As well, you can listen and smash the support this podcast button. Send us a voice message, an email, whatever. We just want to connect with you guys. Thank you for listening to the show. Well, we're going to bring in here Rick Maynard. Welcome back, Rick Maynard. Thank you for having me back again. I think since you, the last time you've been on the podcast, Greg Craywick, our associate pastor here at our local yes. church, we went to Branson, Missouri, and stopped by the good old Ricky Bobby gas station. Yeah, I saw that post. Did you buy? <laughs> did you buy any souvenirs for me? We did not actually. We should have oh, went man. in there to see if we could get a T-shirt, but yeah. we did get some gas. Yeah. And took okay. a picture. Okay, and well, I, I appreciate the thought. <laughs> so anyway, good old Branson, Missouri. Nothing like a good trip to Branson, right? Yeah, you know, they always say it's the thought that counts. It's really not. I'd rather have the gift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey, we don't talk about your personal life very much on this podcast, uh-huh. but you were in the Ark. You you got I, the Ac- Noah's the Ark. Ark. You were actually there. Tell right. us about that experience. Right. Well, it was pretty awesome. I was just talking to Greg a few minutes ago about it, and I've said this many times that, you know, if you have faith, uh, I talk about it usually in the reference to going to Israel, but, you know, you can have faith that you believe in something, but then when you see something, it's like your faith is increased. And so I know, Noah, you know, it's not the Noah's Ark as far as that goes, mm-hmm. but it's built with all the specifications. And, you know, it's just pretty amazing. I, I believe the Noah's Ark story, but then when you read about it and all the different things where people would say, you know, well, why or how would they do this how would they water how would they feed the animals you know and there was all kinds of ways of saying this Mm -hmm. is a possibility of how they could have done that and you know it just makes it it simplifies it where it doesn't seem so big even though what god did was big there was a lot of just normal things building things that you would do on something like that that you know Mm -hmm. would make it all work so So it was amazing, really. So you're saying you hold to a literal interpretation of the Bible? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, I mean, there's a few things that probably are mistakes, right. but, you know, I'll, I'll share those with you sometime. Mistakes? Because I've got those all figured out, you know. But. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm, I'm, that's awesome that you went there, and I want to go see that there myself sometime as well. But just, yeah, it's definitely cool how, you know, when you get a physical look at those kind of things. And I always say it like this, this is what I had in my brain is that God has always been supernatural, you know, mm-hmm. that he, he does the super part is only God can do that stuff. Right. But I think as we read through the Bible, some of these stories like Noah, etc., we would probably be amazed at how natural right. some of that was as well. Like you said, right. you know, like, right. Oh, it seems so sad, supernatural, this boat. Whoa. But like, well, this is how they would have fed the animals. This is how he right. would have built it. He could have used a, uh, you know, whatever, a, a pulley system, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, all these kind of things that, uh, yeah, it was God and right. it was God's direction and it was God's provision and God's hand was all over in that. But there was a lot of practicality right. how God flushes some of his ways out as well. Right. Well, if you watch the Noah movie that came out, it shows how the the uh, rocks that became monsters that came yeah. out and helped Noah build <laughs> right, the ark. Right. I mean, then it makes a lot more sense when you watch. You oh, know. that movie is so bad. We it, definitely it don't want to go there. That was it a horrible was rendition of yes. Noah. Well, with <laughs> yes. that in mind, let's just get back into the word okay. here. Verse by verse is where we go through the Bible. We are on First Kings chapter 8. Let's dive in together. Okay. This is uh, verse or chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. Uh, we're still talking about Solomon, you know, a prayer of dedication, blessing the people, 
uh, everything that's happened with the kind of what you'd call the grand opening of uh, the temple. So then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. So he's, he's addressed the people and then he addresses the Lord. He begins to, to say, you know, you have done this for us, not just uh, these are the blessings for the people, but now we thank God that he has done this. It's all part of what's included. So, and, and it says, there's a word there that's kind of interesting. Sometimes you do word studies and you can get crazy mm-hmm. with it. But, right. <laughs> uh, but the word forever, and, and this is, uh, you don't want to get all theological. I'm not very theological anyway. But, but that word has to do with past and present. So usually when we say the Lord establishes something forever. So if, uh, if we built this church and we had a prayer of dedication, we said, you know, the Lord established this church forever. We think from this day forward yep. that it's established forever. But when you think about God's plan from the beginning of time was for there to be uh, Grace Point Assembly of God. Well, you know, his plan was first assembly, but then right. we messed it all <laughs> up and changed the name. So, yep. but sorry, Lord. Okay, sarcasm again <laughs> for you that don't understand. Uh, but uh, but God had a plan in the beginning for this church to sit here on this property. So that word forever, if it, it has to do with looking back and looking forward. God planned this uh, forever, and so. Uh, and and if you look at things that have happened in this location, it's it's just interesting. Not that it uh, it's kind of like the ark thing. Not that it's like oh wow, I learned something brand new here. And, mm-hmm. uh, but things that have been established forever that God had a plan from the beginning, and some of the things that happened at this location in the past. In other words, this location even was a special place for. Uh, this temple to be built and some things that have happened there in the past. Um, and, and this could be, the, there's a belief that this is true, that the dust that Adam was made from came from this place. In other words, the Garden of Eden was located. There's some belief that okay. that's where the Garden of Eden was located. But that one might be a little bit questionable. I don't know how you, how well you could prove that. But the other things, uh, it says that Adam built an altar there. Cain built an altar there. Abel built an altar there. Noah, we just talked about Noah, built an altar there. Abraham bound Isaac there. The Abraham and Isaac story that we have was at this location. Jacob prayed when he fled from Esau and saw the ladder from heaven was in this location. Uh, so, you know, all of these things God has a has been preparing all this time that that particular place was going to be a special place, and so, um, and, and the intent that it would be there forever, and it really was there. Uh, the really the intent or the need for a temple was until the time of of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean that we don't need it after Jesus came. What version version did you read from again? There, I'm reading from the NIV. Okay, and what did it say in verse twelve? Uh, twelve thirteen says, "Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that He would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built okay. a magnificent temple.' Yeah. I was just interested with that word darkness. All the versions. I'm just pulling up all these versions. Oh yeah, yeah. That the Lord lives in darkness. That was an interesting right phraseology. And it, it, yeah, and we talked about that a, a little bit on the last podcast about how sometimes we think that He's in the the darkness, but then He describes Himself as light. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not really sure um, about that. Where that 
uh, comes from, that he dwells in the darkness. Uh, the only thing I could think of is that, you know, he's not a visible God. Mm-hmm. These guys who had, you know, Noah, um, all these people who had conversation with God, Moses, you know, they spoke daily. and But I don't think there was a man sitting across the table. And so I think that probably dwelling in darkness has something to do with just the the physical fact that you don't see him. You know, he dwells in more of a yeah. mysterious way in other words his voice comes from the darkness or whatever but that's my take on it the gospel according to rick <laughs> that we have here today but we always we, we need more versions of the bible you know we don't have enough rick go ahead and make one well that's what i'm that's <laughs> what i'm doing gospel according to rick it's going to be coming soon watch your bookstores amazon so, mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> uh the tabernacle that they built there had always meant to be a temporary thing it was never going to be the permanent location we know they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and that tabernacle that was there was never meant in other words uh, it was never meant that they were going to bring that tabernacle set it up in jerusalem and worship god there forever that was always tabernacle actually means a movable place not the the permanent foundation if you would for the temple so that's why we're obviously they're building the temple here in 14 um while the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Uh, in that time, there were rules and regulations. No one was um, permitted to sit other than the king. So, you know, if you want to start having church, and you know, you can sit down on the platform and have the congregation stand for the whole time to show, you know, the correct reverence for yes for you. We'll Seriously? Okay, sure. There, I gave you Greg. He's sitting Greg's intro. There, <laughs> there you go. Perfect timing on that one. But, uh, and and I, I just think about some of these things. What an awesome moment. I mean, mm-hmm. these are, I've, I've used that word spiritual markers many times in my life, but this is a spiritual marker. I mean, this yes. is the, the temple that they've uh, longed for, that they've carried something temporary, that uh, looking for God's presence to dwell there. This is more than, you know, the closest thing we can think of is having a new church building and having a dedication mm-hmm. for that. But this is something, I mean, this is God's dwelling place. This is not uh, Assembly of God headquarters in Springfield, and then you're going to have all these other churches around the nation. Right, yeah. This is um, the place. And I, I, I always write, about a lot of these things, how soon we forget. You know, they have this awesome uh, time, this dedication time, these amazing prayers that are recorded for us, and the words of the dedication, the words of God, all these things. But people just forget. Yes. You know, they forget how awesome uh, God was. And, you know, they're uh, we're excited for the new building. You know, we pledge money for a new building. Uh, we look at it in awe about how beautiful it is. And again, uh, we've talked about it before. We don't build buildings like they used to because it used to be more important to have a steeple and stained glass and mm-hmm. all those beautiful. We have stained glass here. You know, it's yeah. beautiful. But if I was building a new building today, I would vote <laughs> right. against stained glass. I'd yep. say, let's spend that money somewhere else. <laughs> so um, I know I'm probably making people mad now because now I'm talking about stained glass. But um, Some people are probably saying, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stained glass. What is that? Well, and and you know, it, it goes back to I've got a book. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but anyway, uh, it talks about some of the things in the church and and stained glass actually came from paganism. 
So, you know, we want to point fingers at <laughs> all these. Don't ruin it for some people yeah, no. right now. <laughs> so the next time you're looking at that stained glass, you can think about your pagan worship. But yeah. and and you know, I've made this statement many times because in my uh, experience as as a builder, building houses and you know, you can do all kinds of things on a house, but I have said many times people are only impressed once. You know, when you really think about it, if if I have friends over to my house and, um, you know, I did a couple of things because I was single when I built the house. You know, I was just like, hey, I'm building this for me. I don't have to <laughs> please anybody else. And then poor Stella now has to live with it. But, um, but uh, you know, I God put bless a, you, Stella. Yes. Shout out to you. Yes. Uh, I had I put a penny floor in the bathroom, you know, and that's it's pretty cool looking. And, you know, not very many people have that. But you know what? People come to the house, they see the penny floor, and they go away and say, well, that was, that's a neat penny floor, <laughs> but they don't come back every time to the house and say, man, Rick, that penny floor is yep. just so awesome. Stella's you know. first reaction to your house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually. Second thoughts. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, we won't get off the subject, but the first time Stella saw the house, she said, it looked like a museum. <laughs> because... You know, I live there by myself, and I'm I'm pretty neat. I'm not, you know, overly, but everything was kind of in its place. And, uh, you know, she said it was like a museum. So, you know, we'll move Maybe on. Maybe she did both these. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially all the Andy Griffith things right. on the wall. That that may have done it. But but she's tolerated that. They're all still there. So, okay, we better we better yes. move on. We're, we're getting way off the subject. First ever here, sound effects used in verse by verse here. Yes. There's a first for everything. So. Uh, and, I, you know, I think about, and, and I know I'll step on toes here for a minute, so if you don't want me to step on toes, tell me now and I'll move on. But uh, sometimes with, with the excitement of the newness of things and, and how soon people forget that feeling and, and they forget what they pledged and what they, mm-hmm. you know, said they would do. And I've always said it, it's a... It, it's almost like a pledge to the church should always say, um, "I pledge this as long as I go to that church." But if I'm if I don't go there anymore, then I don't pledge that anymore. It's not mm-hmm. it's not lifetime pledges. You know, it's just as long as I. So it's almost yep. like like uh, people file bankruptcy against the church. It's like, sorry, I can't afford to pay you anymore. <laughs> You know, and yeah. it, and it it is in a certain a, a certain sense where, you know, you make decisions in a church based on the income that the church has. Yeah, I mean, your salary is based on that. You know, what we can do, that's what we do. What what we can do in in uh, remodeling or it's all based on on yep. money. I know God is in control and God performs miracles, but we make wise decisions based on. Money and many times people pledge to things and then walk away from those things and uh, like and they don't have to pay it anymore. But it's almost like a a spiritual bankruptcy against against the church because because that's what you do in bankruptcy. You walk away from your obligations Mm. because I don't owe that anymore. Because the government said I don't have to pay that, then I don't have to pay it anymore. So okay. Well, uh, everybody's going to turn off the uh, modern or the uh, verse by verse. Now, hey, Rick but, said that, not me. Okay, yeah, right. Did I hear an amen in the back? I don't know. 
Then he said, this verse 15 and 16, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people out of Israel, out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built for my name to be there, but I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. So he gives credit to God in this. And he makes a statement. He says, praise be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised. And I I thought, how many times are we so surprised when God does what he said he was going to do? But we we kind of are. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said in my life, man, that was amazing. (laughs) Like like it was unusual that God did what he said he would do. Mm -hmm. And and I would still be that way if I, you know, if I knew a blind man who came to the church and we prayed over him and he got his vision back, I would be in awe of that. Yeah. And I and I think there's a certain amount of awe that we need to have about God and not take everything for granted. But on the other side of that, it's like well, why should we be so surprised that God did something miraculous? Mm-hmm. Because yep. that's who God is. You know, I wasn't surprised to go to the ark and see, you know, how they could have done things and see how big it was and how many cages you could have had and all those. I wasn't surprised, you know, but I was in awe of the fact that, man, this this really could have, God really could have designed this, yeah. this thing. This really could have happened, even though I know it's true. But, uh, but he gives credit to God. You know, God did what he promised. And then, you know, he, he even makes a statement that God always intended to build it. He just hadn't uh, told the place that he wanted it. So you couldn't say God is going to build this temple in this certain year uh, because he just hadn't revealed that. I, I'm i surprised and I wonder if there's not some other people, maybe we don't have it recorded anywhere, but if there's not somebody else who said, well, if God wants a temple, then I'm just going to build it. You know, there was probably millionaires back then like yeah. there are now that somebody could, well, if there's supposed to be a temple, then I'm just going to build it. But it's pretty amazing that it 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 wasn't revealed until this time that this guy would build it and nobody else had attempted, you know, to do what God had said to do. It's almost, it's almost discouraging to think that God had a plan and maybe didn't have a willing servant <laughs> to do it. That's the, that's the saddest thing yeah. is how many things there are out there that God – um, wants to do, and he's right. just waiting for somebody, yep. waiting for somebody to do it. So, um, and and I mentioned a few things. We mentioned all those the sacrifices, the altars, those kind of things that have been built there. But this is also uh, let me just read a couple other things. Abraham commanded to sacrifice Isaac. We did mention that, but it uh, it says on one of the mountains that I will tell you. So it was this mountain. Uh, Jacob awoke from his dream. Indeed, God is in this place, and I did not know. Uh, he didn't recognize God's presence until he had the dream and saw the ladder and those kind of things. Um, the Jewish people, uh, there's a belief that that's where they received the Torah, uh, officially received the Torah in that place. It says, uh, one one day, God, I don't have the scripture reference, one day God will choose a permanent place. That's what we just mentioned. It says, to the place that the Lord your God will choose from all your tribes to put his name. There you will seek his dwelling place and come there. So 
that is scriptural. I didn't write the reference down for that, so I can look that up if somebody wants to uh, pick this uh, podcast apart. We'll we'll find that. But uh, eight seventeen and nineteen seventeen through nineteen. My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well to have this in your heart. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, who is your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. And this is some, I I love, I mean, people know that I like some of the Jewish uh, sayings, some of the Jewish teachings, and and I just thought this was one, and sometimes those kind of things uh, get away from the, the actual scripture. You know, you're like, I don't know if that's really, that really relates to that or if you're really grabbing at straws to say things. Mm-hmm. But it does say in there, um, because it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well to have this in your heart. In other words, what you had there, even though you weren't going to be the one to build it, is a, is a noble thing that you had it in your heart, hmm. even though you're not the wow. guy to do it. And um, one of these, uh, let me just see if I can find this. Um, lost my place here. <laughs> I have a great story. I have a great story while yeah, you're finding go ahead. that. Go ahead. But I was in uh, Arkansas before I'd ever heard of Carthage, Missouri, where I'm now pastoring. I was at the Christian Motorcycle Association mm-hmm. pastor conference thing that they had annually. It's in um Iron Mountain, which is like central Arkansas. Very beautiful. But I remember I was up there and they had a speaker that night and it was a guy who had now is working with that organization, but Mm -hmm. he was telling the story. He had pastored this church, I think his whole career, like 30 some years or something. Mm -hmm. And he had talked about, he had always just wanted the church to just excel and to, you know, just all Mm -hmm. these visions of how God was going to just really use the church and the community. And he was seeing all these things and, uh, you know, he gets... 30, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old, mm-hmm. and really seemingly those desires never coming to pass, you know, right. and kind of getting to the end of the run, if you will, and really being discouraged. Like, man, I I, I pastored faithfully. I tried everything, you know, mm-hmm. I prayed, I read my Bible, I did the leadership stuff, I did, you know, just, Lord, what did I miss? What did I miss mm-hmm. that you would put these things inside of me? Right. And I wouldn't get any of them, you know. Right. And then he talked about how then he raised up, whether I don't know if it was a relative or a son or not, but anyway, it was the next pastor mm-hmm. that he really had a, a large responsibility in helping to raise up to fulfill his place. And then several years later, as this guy assumes the role of that leadership, the church just blows up. It's now multi thousands. He's like a mentor, discipleship type mm-hmm. pastor for them. And he just realized, you know what? That's the way God wanted to do it. He right. wanted me to be the the planter, the ground worker, the laborer, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy would be the guy who would reap all of these things. So he's like, it's not that God was wrong or that the desires or some of the things that he showed me weren't going to come to pass. It just wasn't meant to happen through my leadership and through my generational leadership. Right. And, and he's just trying to encourage us. You know, sometimes, and that's... Encouraging and discouraging mm-hmm. all at the same time. Right. You know, when you're right. like, so you're going to tell me all this stuff. It's kind of like Moses, right? Right. All about the promised land, but I don't get to see the promised right. land. Right. Someone else gets to lead the people there, etc. But sometimes that really is the lot we've been giving in our ministries is that it's not that God is what he wants to do and desires to do. 
and puts inside of us will come to pass. But the reality is it might not come to pass in our generation right. or my leadership there. Literally, that's kind of hard to grasp that right now as a pastor, there might be some things bubbling inside of me that literally won't happen oh, yeah. during my time being a pastor. Yeah. But will come to pass because they're the heart, they're coming out of right. the heart of God. Right. Well, and that's exactly, that's my <laughs> well, and that, that is a great reference. And, and you know, the, I think the test of a true man too, whether it's that guy or anyone who's, who's done those very things, a lot of times they want to come back after the church blows up and things are going good and all those things are being fulfilled. They want to, well, wait a minute. That was, that was my idea. Right. <laughs> you know, that was my, mm-hmm. you know, but instead they're able to just say, thank you, Lord, that, you know, that I get to see this. Well, in the book of Hebrews, you know, they all died without seeing the promise. Yes. I mean, yeah. that is the yep. ultimate. And you know what? I, we all may have some promises that God's made to us, but they're, you're not going to be the one to do it or you're not going to even get to see it. Right. You know, your son or uh, your daughter or whatever is going to fulfill far greater than, and that should be the desire of all of us, yep. that those who come after us, and all the things I'm going to do for you after you die, Rick, yeah. you're not going to get to see any of them. Oh, man. No, I'm better, so bummed now. You better be careful because, uh, you know, there's no guarantee I'm going before I, you. I, so. I, <laughs> I, may be, I may be speaking at your funeral. Yeah. So, Just you know. no ham and cheesy potatoes at yeah. my funeral. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, put them in the casket with you. <laughs> right. You can, take it with, you can take it to go. Anyway, we better move on. But let me read this. Uh, this is uh, from the Talmud, which is uh, part of the um, – commentary on the Torah, basically. But it says, the good thoughts of the righteous are considered like deeds. When a righteous person plans to do good, but is prevented from accomplishing it, God rewards him as if he had actually done it. And I think that's what he has said to David. It was in your heart, and it's good that it was in your heart to do this. In other words, he's giving him credit for having it in his heart, whether he ever drove a nail or carried a stone or uh, you know, and so it, it's. I think that's a great yep. sermon to that. preach for those who can't do. You know, there's uh, there's disabled people. Yes, there's like elderly people. Uh, there's people who don't have distinct qualities. You know, and I know you. I know you push uh, missions, but there are physically people yep. who cannot do that. Who yep. will never go on a missions trip and and they can you know i know they can still give money they can still do some things they can still pray and you know we say all those kind of things but if you're looking at this statement here if they truly had it in their heart mm. if god I says like i get it that your your desire to be on the mission field is so great i know that if you could go you would go yep then i'm going to reward you <laughs> the same as the guy who went and it's it it's a little bit like a soul that gets won, and the guy who actually got to sit down and lead somebody to the Lord gets all the credit. But what about the right. watering <laughs> yeah. and the exactly. you know all of those things that people who have come before? We're all going to get credit, yep. and I, I know we're not doing it for per se credit, but you understand what I'm saying. Yep. We're those people are all everyone who got saved is going to come up and there's going to be a line of people to say thank you for those things. Somebody should write a song about that. Thank you for, never mind. Are you going to Ray Bolts right now? Yeah, I think, Uh yeah. Uh, Better be careful where we go. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, those sound effects really could come in good here on on uh, verse by verse, but 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 it is a, it's a great message for those people who have sat for years and thought, you know, if I could do that, I would. If I had that that uh, ability to sing, there are some people who are never going to sing a special. They're never going to play on a worship team, but they would sit there and say, if I was gifted with that voice. If I was gifted with a voice, I'd be up there singing, you know, for the Lord. And it's not all about quality, you know, I mean, somebody's heart. But we all know there's people with a good heart that can't sing a lick. Yeah. You know, and that's not where they should be. So, well, I don't think he listens, but shout out to my friend Chad Almont, former pro wrestler, Cato of the Oriental Express. That's a guy, the one guy in my life has the hugest heart I've ever met mm -hmm. before, you know, and he's a guy who's on disability. But every time I'm with him, he's buying me dinner he's yeah. you know he's one of those guys like now if that guy had a hundred million mm-hmm. bucks if mm-hmm. he would give it all he probably would give it all away right to right. like noble and why god why doesn't he have a hundred you know I it's know. just speaking to that issue of there's some people that have such great hearts maybe not the ability or the resources right to do with what's in their heart mm-hmm. and i i can't reconcile that necessarily why lord why wouldn't a person like that have the money when right. you got other people who have the and money and not maybe, the heart. <laughs> you know? Maybe if they had the money, then their interest would change and they'd need the big house and the boat and the car. And, you know, maybe their heart would turn because of uh, money or whatever. We don't know that. But I, yeah. but anyway, I just love that that thought. And I think it's an encouragement to people who, yep. who can't go and who can't give, who can't do things, if their heart's right. And on the other side of that, it says – and and this is part of that commentary along the same line. It says, what if a wicked man thinks about doing good things? Is he going to re- be rewarded just because he thought about it? And it and the phrase says, God would say to him, he wouldn't have done it anyway. <laughs> and so there are people, well, if I had money, I would give more. If I had money, I'd just build us a new church. If I had money, they don't get that reward because – their wicked heart, God says to them, no, you wouldn't. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't have done it anyway. So there is no blessing there just because they uh, spoke the word. So, And there's a, a praise of David here because uh, the Bible said there would be a temple and no one had attempted it before David. You know, maybe there was somebody there that, that God would have appreciated if they would have come along and said, I'm going to, God, do you want me to do it? You know, I wonder how many people before David were in this story of knowing that there was going to be a temple or a tabernacle, temple, I guess, in this case. But anyway, how many people before that said, man, you know, we need a, we need a dwelling place for God. Let's, let's have a fundraiser. Let's, you know, I, I want to build this. I'm a, I'm a design guy. I could, I could do this. We could do this. Let's do this thing. I wonder if there was people like that or if there was just people sitting around saying, well, that would be a great thing. <laughs> I just hope someday somebody will do it. And and I know in our society, you know, we, we tend to be a little bit lazy in spiritual things. You know, we'll say, I think this church needs a ministry to divorce people, but if you would say, well, why don't you, why don't you do that? <laughs> oh, no, no, I didn't mean, right. <laughs> I didn't mean me. I just think we need this thing in our church. We need a, 
teaching about finances. Well, why don't you put something together and, and mm-hmm. bring that to me, and let's see if we can you know, put something like that together. Uh, I heard, I, I can't even remember the story, but there was a, a case where there was a great ministry to uh, women, like women coming out of uh, bad relationships, out of prostitution, out of all of those kind of things. And that ministry, uh, you know, and I'm not misquoting, I just don't know all the names and circumstances, but that ministry was birthed, and it was one of the, like, worldwide ministry. And it was birthed out of that very thing where a woman came in one day to the pastor and said, Pastor, I think we need a ministry <laughs> to these, to women. And the pastor basically said those words to her. I, I think you're right. Why don't you do that? And I think it was surprising to her because she thought he would say, well, let me see what I can do, and let me see if I can hire somebody to do that, or whatever. He just said, why don't you do that? And she did, and it blossomed into a, you know, like a worldwide ministry for mm. abused women and, and those type of things. So not everybody who comes in here with an idea is going to have, you know, somebody might come in here and say, you know, I think we should have a ministry to this certain thing, well, finances, and but that person's not the person who really can do it. But it's a, it's a great idea, yeah. And so you may have to say, well, let's see what we can do. But I think there's many times it's where you say, you know, if God's put that in your heart, then <laughs> then just just do it, and I'll help you do it. So, yeah. Anyway, we better quit there for today. So. All right, guys, thanks for joining us here, Verse by Verse Edition. Go back and listen to all the other episodes. Keep reading the Word, getting in the Word. It will change your life, the direction, the course. It will help you literally in every area of your life. This is Verse by Verse, Grace Point Daily Podcast. Share it with someone. We'll talk to you guys next time. 